0: Hello, and welcome to Pep Talk, the persuasive evangelism podcast. I'm Christy and I'm joined by Andy Bannister, my wonderful co-host. Andy, how are you doing?
1: I am doing well, Christy. I'm doing very, very well. I noticed, by the way, I get a surname and you're just Christy. So oh,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> obviously that means you're so famous <laughs> and so well known. No. There is only one. There is just the one Christy, whereas the- Andy's <laughs> has loads of them.
0: I'm just Christy at home, whereas you're like Dr. Andy Bannister, oh, you know. Yeah. No, I
1: am. Um, uh,
2: you know. Exactly.
0: But, uh, we're also joined by uh, a third member today called Steve Osmond. Steve, welcome to the welcome to the podcast.
2: Oh, thank you for having me, and uh, thank you for giving me a surname. I appreciate that. That's all.
0: You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Um, <laughs> you. To introduce you a bit, Steve, you well, there's so much we could say about you, but you have a background in the sciences, specifically in zoology, which I'd love to ask you more about later. Um, you then have a um, wonderful experience in terms of pastoral ministry and from what you've shared with us just you know before we before we went live you also have a heart of for kind of engaging people with with Jesus as well and equipping people to know how to kind of you know think about these big questions and respond to them but your background is in the sciences with a bit of kind of pastoral ministry in there in there as well and recently very wonderfully. You joined the team of Solas as a as a speaker. So now Andy Bannister, I believe, is is a colleague slash boss. Is that right? And how is that going? Tell us.
1: <laughs> this is where Andy steps on the podcast <laughs> so
2: Steve can talk very frankly. Oh uh, Yeah, I was about to say, I better watch what I say. I think I'm still on probation. I've only been around for uh, just on three months. Um, but that is indeed true. Yeah, I'm part of the speaking team. Um, and... Yeah, having having a lot of fun so far, just dotting around uh, uh, Scotland and, and getting to see uh, all that it has to offer and meet some really, really good people and, yeah, just spend some time with the Solus team and, and get to know a little bit about, you know, what what we're doing and it's just, yeah, yeah been such a blessing.
1: So, um, Steve, in that introduction that Christy gave, she talked about the fact you have inhabited these different worlds as being the kind of secular world of work and science and, uh, and, and and zoology I love zoology if you're playing Scrabble it's a great word to use up those ta- those letters that you can't do anything else with and um tell us a bit about that journey though particularly I'd love to know about evangelism and that journey how have you found sharing your faith talking about your faith how has that shifted how is that different from when you've been in the world of the the, the kind of secular non-church workplace to coming into ministry because I know sometimes, folks find it can be difficult, right? Because when you're in that secular world, in the work world, you're naturally meeting non-Christians, whereas when you move into the water ministry, the relationships with them are slightly different and, and, and not quite, I suppose, as, as, as natural. So how has that gone for you over the years?
2: Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, and I definitely I stumbled into evangelism. I, I by no means th- sort of have ever thought of myself as a natural Um, evangelist. It's really through my time at uh, university uh, in the sciences that people came to find out, you know, my friends uh, came to find out that I was a Christian. And that just led to some, you know, natural conversations about, you know, well, how can you be a Christian, um, but also be studying the sciences and slowly but surely, you know, after learning a few responses to that, um, I discovered that I actually quite enjoyed evangelism. Um, and that led to just more and more conversations that were really really fruitful, some of them challenging over the years. Um, but that then eventually developed into a bit of a ministry calling. And I thought, you know naturally as one does, well, you know I love evangelism and I uh, I love pastoral ministry. Um, so the best thing to do is to go off to the church and uh, spend some time working in full-time ministry. Um, and the, I suppose the initial thought for me was that the more I was in ministry, Uh, Working in the church, that I would be actually doing more evangelism, and strangely enough, I think I discovered that the opposite is actually true. Um, I I found, you know, quite uh, short down the line, that I was actually doing far less evangelism because I was surrounded by uh, Christians uh, the whole time, which is a wonderful thing. And and, uh, pastoral ministry is something very dear to me, and and it has its place, and I. uh, really do applaud and and cherish those who are full-time ministers but i just found for me with this um, desire for evangelism i was really just not able to do as much of it because you really disconnected from being in the workplace where you just had these good natural conversations Uh, i found i actually had to work a lot harder to find those conversations and actually be able to go and um evangelize um while i was in full-time ministry so yeah a bit of a I suppose, of, yeah, there are ups and downs with with that, or, or pros and cons, really. Um, and so, yeah, I've over the years dotted in and out of ministry um, and consulting, um, but I think I'm, I'm probably happiest when I'm in some way at least able to to go out to just meet people in the world and have you know, natural conversations and see how I can guide them to be become spiritual conversations.
0: Hmm. That's really cool. I think one of the things that uh, we haven't yet mentioned, um, Steve, is that you are originally from South Africa and would love to hear kind of how have you, what sort of shifts have you seen, you know, in the questions that you that you've heard and were engaging with in South Africa and the types of kind of spiritual conversations that maybe just in these early few months of life in Scotland that you've already experienced and encountered.
2: Mm. It's, it's been a very interesting uh, journey. So, as I mentioned, we've been out um, for just over three months, I think it is, based in Perth, and didn't have that much um, exposure to Scotland. We'd been out for a bit of a vacation for about three weeks. That was at the end of 2022. And so I got a little bit of a taste for the context here. Uh, but most of what I knew is really from speaking to um, people in the in in Scotland and in the wider UK. So, yeah, South Africa is a bit of a a melting pot. I think there's so many different cultures, so many different uh, sort of streams of of church um, that you do get exposed to a good variety of things. But what I have found is that the the nature of the questions in South Africa or, or, you know, things that people – find there's maybe barriers to faith um would still be like very much on the evidential type side so big questions about you know god's existence or the reliability of the bible um things, things like that and i think you still have a culture that is relatively christianized um you're not that far down the line in terms of having uh generations you know three the third or second third fourth generations who've never been in the church you still have um There's there's this backdrop of of Christianity that is still there and exists um, for the most part, I think, where you come over to Scotland uh, in particular, and it seems for the most part that you do have a far more secularized um, culture that is a few generations down the line uh, of of families who just have absolutely no Christian influence whatsoever, no biblical influence. understanding they the people who've never set foot in a church in their life Um, they don't really have a concept of god um and so the questions i think reflect that uh, people seem to be asking more more existential or like sort of the experience of everyday life type questions you know like what is the what is the meaning of it all um you know how do i live what is what does a good life look like uh, where is meaning to be found uh questions about justice and the environment um and especially in uh, environment uh, environmental issues for for the most part of this you don't have a huge community in south africa that is really going on about that um where i do find in south africa you you have uh, in, in scotland that is a bit higher up the list mm. um, of, of issues yeah
1: Oh, the other thing as well, though, um, Steve, that you commented to me th- the other day, and I think one of the interesting things when you come from a different culture, I mean, when I came to, to Canada, when we moved, we moved there in 2010, you know, you see things as an outsider, that perhaps other people haven't noticed, because they're under their eyes. You made a comment the other day about the fact that actually, there's also as well as the secularism that you've talked about there, that you're also kind of quite encouraged, because there's also wherever we've, we've traveled, and you and I have traveled quite a bit, you know, speaking in churches uh, across Scotland in the last few months there's also signs of, of growth too right which is which is interesting it's not all doom and gloom is it the story is more is more complicated than that at the same time
2: yeah absolutely um i've been like really pleasantly surprised uh you know so from from landing here and hearing about um i suppose the wider state of the church and all the things going on and you know the the secularism that has i suppose dominated things for for the last while i was really expecting um, to find, I suppose, very, lack of a better word, dead churches, <laughs> if you will. Um, but I really find that in the, I suppose that we've been mostly going to more evangelical churches, and although they are a lot smaller than what I'm used to in South Africa, uh, for the most part, they are vibrant. They are. They seem to be committed. The leaders that I've met at every single one of them have been uh, people who are focused on the gospel. They love Jesus and they they see the necessity of evangelism And, and having the church, you know, not just getting specialists from the outside, people with, you know, reams and reams of degrees. Uh, to come in and do that kind of thing, but they see the value and the necessity of the, act- the the body of Christ, the church itself, being the ones to actually go out and do that that work of taking the gospel out to the world, um, and that to me has been it's not something I expected, but it's been very very encouraging. Um, so I've I've just thoroughly enjoyed going out and and meeting people at these churches.
0: I'm really glad that that's one of the things that, that Solas is able to release you to do at the moment, um, Steve. Um, what I'd love to hear more about is, you know, considering your background in the sciences, and as now you're thinking more about kind of engaging people for these spiritual conversations, are there any kind of natural inroads that you found, you know, to develop those conversations? So particularly with a background like zoology, um, I don't know many Christians who are in the the zoology kind of stratosphere because of the nature of the kind of science that that you're looking at and I just wondered you know how did you well I guess two questions really sorry and feel free to not answer either of these but I guess how did you find studying that as a Christian for yourself and then secondly how how has that helped you or helped you to see the world and think a little bit more about how to develop conversations that kind of um lead to Jesus as as a result you know how do you find that as a Christian and how do you find that in your evangelism I guess are the two things I'd love to love to hear more about
2: yeah fantastic question um so while I was studying um and through the zoology degree obviously doing a Hang of a lot of evolutionary biology. Um, I, I suppose you hear stories from universities where you have these, you know, every lecturer that you find in the, uh, you know, evolutionary space is a very hardcore atheist and anti-theist, and you know they're just out to uh, devour all the little Christians who scamper into their classroom. Um, and I think that that probably is true for um, many many places. You know, I've heard really bad stories um, about that. I think. The department that I was in at the University of Johannesburg at the time um, was quite varied. And so I did have, um, you know, lecturers from, you know, very different backgrounds. There were a couple who were more like what I've just mentioned. Um, And so when it got to my postgrad studies and especially my honours year and, and into the masters, I think maybe that's when it started coming up where it was not just. Um, you know, for the most part, as you're going through the undergrad, it seemed like people were really just like, hey, this is what is, is in the curriculum. This is what the textbooks are saying. And people would, you know, you, you're just focused on getting your good marks and, and handing the papers and stuff. It seems once you get to postgrad, then the kind of worldview stuff that lies behind these things starts to come out a bit more as people have thought about it a little more. And one of the, the big things that really highlighted that was when we did a philosophy of science uh, course. Um, and that just highlighted, I suppose, some of the worldview backdrop behind these things and why these questions matter. Questions matter, um, and that actually led, for the rest of that year, we then started having a lot of debate around w- what led to, you know, the existence of God, the place of uh, faith um, in in the sciences, you know, the faith and reason kind of debates that you have, um, and that just seemed to really not be on the radar much until we got to the the latter years of our studies um what that's done i suppose for me in terms of the shaping evangelism is having a, a i suppose a solid grip of the evolutionary paradigm that sort of neo-darwinian uh, worldview and understanding that that's exactly what it is it's not what the science is it's, so it's a worldview it's an ideology that comes along with a lot of the stuff um to understand that and its implications been a really good inroads so for example um if i get into discussion with someone and i sort of lead with my background that i've studied zoology you know very soon down the line you get into the evolution sort of discussion and i think that the biggest opportunity there is to show how this whole neo-darwinian evolutionary model of random chance um and materialism so if all all there is 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 matter and there is no spiritual realm, then basically we are the product of just blind random chance. And that leads you to having basically no real foundation for for moral values and duties, I think. So like, is there really good? Is there really uh, evil in the world? On that neo-Darwinian blind evolution type model, all you have is subjective um, views, I suppose. It all becomes just relative and what that does is it, it really kicks against the in, intuitions that we have as humans, who as a Christian, I would believe, are made in the image of God. So we have this deep sense of justice. Um, there's, you know, be, beautiful things. We, we have the sense of beauty that, that moves us to um, a sense of thankfulness. Um, I, I say this this deep sense of gratitude. Now on on blind, random, atheistic evolution, there's just, really no one to be grateful to. So it's like this random feeling that you have. So what it does is I think give you, it gives you a wonderful inroads into just saying, well, if that is the case, this sort of ran, blind, random neo-darwinian evolution, if that is the way things are, you just have no tools to explain um, all of these things that we feel as humans, all these things that are really the biggest questions of life, the more meaningful stuff. It just does nothing for that so it kind of highlights to me that there's much more to the picture there's something definitely uh, behind all of that and we can actually reach out and start looking for those things and that really opens up then the spiritual conversation
1: i think you're so right because i think i think one of the things i've certainly found too that questions around you know justice meaning purpose identity they seem to be such live questions in our culture right now and i think gently uh, gently introducing the idea of you know what's the better explanation for those things i i like it in a number of ways steve i think it's very powerful i think it's also quite humbling as well because rather than going in with our non-christian friends going i've got a knockdown argument here it's so devastating it's Mm going to drive through the walls of your secularism and just flatten you and of course then defenses go up you're doing more invitational why don't we look at this together and see what better explains these things but the other question i guess i had for you is that um one of the things that um, you know we do at Solas is we do the Confident Christianity conferences that we we tour around the country. Uh, Christy has been a guest at uh, those uh, in the past. And one of the talks that that, uh, that that we've had you doing these kind of last few weeks is, you, is you've cut your teeth into this exciting world. You have this little presentation you do on the art of conversation. And I love the. There's Indeed. lots I like about that. Yes. I like the use of the word art in there. I think it's, it's quite clever. And conversation is interesting. So I suppose... That's a final question because I'm just conscious the clock is 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 against us. But why do you think conversation and learning to have better conversations is so helpful in evangelism, whether you're in the sciences or in the humanities? What is it about conversation that you think is helpful and how can, as Christians, we, we perhaps learn to get a
2: little better at those conversations? Yeah, that for me is such a key question, I think. Um, and and I, would, I would really say that it's because... We have to always remember that behind every question, there's a person. Uh, it's not just a a machine. Um, it's not a wall that's coming to you know just throw this question and and you can toss some kind of very good erudite um, intellectual argument at it. It's like no, this is this is a person who is um, complex and has emotions and feelings and and perhaps has. Um, maybe some difficulties with uh, Christianity um, that maybe present as intellectual arguments, but behind it there are, there's a lot of you know there's life experience that that needs to uh, be addressed and spoken to. So that's where for me conversation has to be the sort of domain of evangelism uh, primarily. I think because as you're engaging with a person, you are acknowledging all of those things. You it's you as you engage in the conversation you acknowledge that hey this is a a person um who has all of these things going on and so it i think yeah i suppose it just highlights the value that you see in them which is really where culture needs to go things have been so polarized in so many ways just like this this idea of you know just shouting at each other to try and um win some kind of uh, worldview competition it just goes nowhere in my mind i mean it's not helpful so if you're really engaging in like proper deep conversation, it's it's the, the most natural way to actually get to sharing these things and sharing your experience and how God has really worked in your life. Um, and it's a wonderful way to just naturally share your, your testimony as well. So yeah, there'll just be a couple of thoughts on that.
0: Hmm. Thanks so, so much, Steve. Um, as Andy mentioned, we are, we are now sadly out of time. It's been really great to hear some of your experiences and your background and yeah, I, I, as a as Solas team and, and friends, we're, we're praying for you as you as you start your time with with Solas and, and seek to serve the Lord and others through it. So thanks so much for your time. Um, I'm Christy May. This is Andy Bannister. This was Steve Osmond. Please stay tuned. And in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be back with you on your podcast um, through Spotify, wherever it is you find your your podcasts. And we look forward to being with you with another guest then. Thanks so much for listening. Take care and goodbye.
1: Bye for now.